0: Welcome to Boost Power Podcast, inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so start it now by meeting amazing women, and their story might be your story, right? It just might open up something that's in your heart and in your mind. We are so blessed today with Dr. Deb Sandella, uh, star stage and screen, author, teacher, innovator, uh, and lucky to call her friend for many, many years. Dr. Deb, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Betsy. It's fun to be with you.
0: Well, we always like you, and I always keep you in my mind. I know we've done all kinds of interviews over the years because uh, your story is fascinating on so many levels to me. Um, Not only that you've dedicated your life to service of really people and and them having the best life, um, not only that I've been able to be blessed to work with you on some amazing breakthroughs for myself personally, and uh, that you and I worked on, um, but also that you have gone through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of creating your own products and your own brand and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast want to know you know how did you do that so um let's go all the way back tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up and maybe the first signs you saw about kind of the life that was ahead for you
1: well you know it's so interesting there are those uh those things that stand out in memory (laughs) that I know influenced me my whole life, you know, like in in the very beginning, my dad was a pipe fitter. And so we lived in a mobile home and we would travel from electric plant to electric plant. So we moved, I changed schools about every year to every two years at the least. And uh, because I'm a very outgoing person by nature, when I would hit this new school, it was like my life depended upon making friends. (laughs) Yeah, it was a goal, there you go. It was, it was like, I've got to do this. And so I think that influenced so much of who I am and how I am in the world, because whenever I get scared, uh, that's how I respond, is by making friends. And it always helps me feel safer. Um, And so I look very friendly. externally but sometimes that friendliness is coming you uh, know what do i want to say it's self-protection in a way which is such a strange thing but for people who are more introverted you know to hear that story it's like oh wow that's really different mm-hmm. i mean all it's so different but i would say that what happened in that traveling i just uh, and then the town i grew up in was a very small rural town in southeast kansas and a very what we would call it. There was a little hierarchy. Pretty much no beautiful people. <laughs> very down to earth. Uh, there was some poverty. Uh, you know, it's been compared to Appalachia in terms of its economy. And so I grew up just appreciating everyone, regardless of how they dressed, or um, what they did, or how they spoke. And so. Um, that has, you know, that really influenced me, I think, in wanting to serve. It was like, you know, I really liked all these different kind of peoples and I saw that some of them needed more. I mean, I, it's not that we were rich by any means, you know, like I said, living in a mobile home for in the beginning, but, um, but I always felt I had plenty, even though my, when I was in the mobile home, we lived in the mobile home, I had the bunk bed. And I remember being so excited when my dad built a bookshelf across the side of the bunk bed. Like I had a bookshelf, but you know, I always, I never felt I didn't have enough. I, regardless, I have no idea why. I mean, it's how I was born, maybe, or my family was, was uh, very affectionate uh, and loving, and so um, I always have been drawn to serve. And so people will be attracted to me at times because they are looking for safety, emotional safety. My husband says, you know, how do they find you? We'll be (laughs) at a party and, you know, I'll be in the corner with somebody uh, listening. And, um, and so it was all very much a natural course. You know, I think as we just follow who we are, it takes us into that, which is, um, which is what we're here to do.
0: Well, I I can tell everyone by knowing you personally how authentic you are and how it is true that it all works out. Um I think about being the years that you've been with me as we built the camp experience network and I still remember standing on chairs and waving our wings uh, in a ballroom and being vulnerable and really showing people that it's okay to experience something out of your norm or your ordinary and to laugh a little bit and to be light about something and not have to be so serious all the whole time. Uh, And I've always loved watching how just naturally people have been attracted to sit at your table and then have called me and said, I sat next to Deb and then I took her class and I took her advanced class and now I'm a practice practitioner and I found my life's work because I happened to sit next to her and I'm thinking like yeah that's just not everything's on purpose you were (laughs) attracted by her energy and you know found your path so on behalf of the entire world I say thank you thank you you for your service thank Um,
1: you thank you
0: well and I kind of really relate to your story because um, my dad was in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is, you know, pretty middle of the United States, and got on a wild goose chase of a job where he had to move to Michigan for one year in North Carolina, and the Michigan move was okay. You know, I had to make friends, and that's the first time I ran for class election in fourth grade because I didn't know anyone, so I'm like, Betsy is your best bet, right? (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Betsy is your best bet, fourth grade, because I didn't know any friends, Um, but the other side of the story, when we went to North Carolina, that was really bad because I talked funny. I had bell-bottom jeans. I had long hair. And then, you know, I had everything different than the culture. Um, So that was a little different experience.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And what did you do for education? So you said you were from Kansas. Where did you go? And what kind of education uh, model did you go for as you started going into
1: the world? Well I was born in 1950, so it tells you the, you know the age of my uh, being a woman in the, that my generation. So I turned 70 in March and I would say at that time when I was looking at what uh, profession I wanted to go to, it was very logical, very much of the time, like well, I was going to be a teacher or a nurse primarily. And so I went into nursing. Uh, But what happened is as I was in nursing, even when I decided where to go to nursing, they had programs that were in hospital programs and then they had university programs. I was totally attracted to the university program and I just kept being drawn. Again, I'm always following, you know, I'm, I'm really following what's calling me, not thinking about it so much. Um, And what I realized is I was really like, as a nurse, it was like, uh, no, the seven to three and three to 11 shifts. It's like, this is not going to last long. (laughs) Right. This is not my, not my jam. It's not it. it. So I started thinking, I want to work about 10 to two (laughs) and be in control. And so I ended up pursuing a master's degree in psychiatric nursing so that i could be a mental health professional that was independent and then eventually again i was called i'm trying to remember back exactly why i was called to go get a doctorate i don't really remember exactly except i was looking for the something what was next And I reviewed all the programs and it was like, no, all the traditional psychology, the traditional nursing, advanced degrees just did not interest me when I read all the descriptions. But then I read descriptions about communication, human communication. And it was like, oh, now this sounds like fun. Like, you know, classes on persuasion and um, all kinds of interesting things. And so, so after I got a PhD in communication, I really had this whole broad view of people Uh, related to communication and emotions and how they fit to weave together all the way from when we have mental illness to all the way to just normal communication in a marriage, you know, or friendship or, you know, it was, it was such a broad, broad band of knowledge and experience that was so rich. You know, I, I really would say that in the end, it really took me more in the direction of where I ended up because uh, RIM really has a lot of communication aspects to it, but they're subtle. And so they teach people in a very different way, in a very experiential, authentic way, a personal way, not like a class. It's not content-oriented. Yes, and everybody's like, what? What? <laughs> and what is RIM? Well, we're going to
0: take a quick break. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back, and I know you're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, okay, so you had this foundation, now you have the communication skills. I want you to tell everyone what you have birthed, other than birthing your children, your most wonderful children. um, Tell everyone about this work that you have brought into the world, RIM, and so they can understand, um, I I think, the magnificence
1: of it and the great good it is doing in the world. Mm, Thank you so much, Betsy. Yeah, so I I was... um it was a personal experience that took me from traditional mental health into RIM, And so uh, I don't know if you want me to tell that. Time yeah, Watcher. sure. Yeah. So this is back in 1995 and my dad had had a cardiac arrest and they, this was within 24 hours, I get the call and they asked me uh, to sign a no resuscitate. My brother called and said, "They want us to do that," and I had this intuitive process take over where I said, "No, and you know, I was a nurse, I was a traditional woman. it was like it didn 't make sense because I understood, but I just it was it was a very emotional thing, and as I hung up the phone and I was walking back to bed the uh, the spontaneous vision if you want to call it showed up in my mind of seeing my dad walking toward the horizon and I'm yelling and screaming how angry I am that he's leaving because I'm not ready. And then all of a sudden he pauses and he turns around, he looks at me. And he looks like, you know, different. He looks so uh soft and radiant than I had ever seen. And he said, um, oh, okay, I didn't know you felt that way. And I'm like, what? You know, this is in my mind, right? This is, uh, and so in that moment, all my anger faded away. And the next day, when I went to Kansas the next morning, I walked into the ICU. Well, I forgot to tell you that the reason they had wanted a no resuscitate was because his blood pressure wasn't holding and they'd given him all the meds and it, it wouldn't hold. So the next day, when I walked into the ICU, the nurses said, Sometime in the middle of the night last night, your dad's blood pressure started to hold. We don't know why. And so, but that changed my life in so many ways. You know, personally, when he said, um, I didn't know you felt that way. It's like, what? What do you mean? And it's like, well, I was very busy. You know, I was busy with a family, a career. At that time, I was teaching at the University of Colorado and doing research and all of this. And none of that seemed important anymore. You know, all that was important was this my relationship with him and his survival. And so, what ended up happening is uh, he did survive that experience and lived five more years that uh, he and mom said were the happiest of their lives during that time. And so, but it, professionally, it was like, you yeah, know, this doesn't trans it doesn't trans uh, it doesn't translate to what I've been learning because I was all into academics and content and theory and all of that and so it caused me to want to know what was what's going on here and I ended up focusing on understanding imagination as a really a healing tool. And taking it, once I started focusing on that, it had a life of its own, similar to what I've talked about before, that it started unfolding as I set aside all that I thought I knew professionally, psychologically, mental health-wise, and what I thought was possible and what I thought was not possible. And what has happened is I've learned there's a whole lot more possible than what I ever would have believed or that what I learned. Because we have resources within us that are so powerful that come with our our own emotional operating system. We're automatically born with it, but we've been overriding them with thought, like trying to think things through and use willpower to control our emotions rather than collaborating with them and understanding that they're actually very organic way of healing but we just haven't understood how that works. And now the neuroscience, what's great is this came before all the neuroscience that, <laughs> that right, tells us why. We're out
0: there and then along comes everyone like agreeing with you. And you're exactly. like, yeah, I've been doing this stuff. I got this. Yes.
1: <laughs> so it, it's, it was so great though when the science really supported why. Because what I was following is what worked and what didn't work with clients and, uh, so it's, it's now become a real method in the beginning. I was just playing, you know, uh, seeing what happened and now it is a technique. It's called RIM. It stands for regenerating images in memory. And, uh, it started very, in the very beginning with uh, that standing for, um, releasing the inner magician but the scientific well once we started doing research and everything we needed to have a scientific acronym too so yeah, i was like when i knew you that used to be my <laughs> inner magician it has come a long way baby now that it's a thing it has and actually i say that because both of those acronyms are apply. Yes. And so we haven't given up the inner magician because after students have uh, worked with it for a while, they go, oh, I really get the inner magician part now. <laughs> yes,
0: it is. And that it's so fascinating. What I loved about working with you is, again, it's very um, collaborative. It's like working with your own soul and your own best interest and your own being and just unlocking maybe some power that you have inside and using that for your good. Um, I remember, uh, I had worked with you on some after effects of having my snowmobile accident when I was very, very young. And still to this day, I can remember that session like yeah. it was yesterday. I mean, it was very life changing for me and very life affirming. Um, especially for many of us who have been through some kind of a drama or trauma and feel like we are alone to figure it out. And it's very nice to meet not only you, but a method now. So um, tell everyone kind of um, what is RIM doing in the world and then tell them about lots of your, your incredible products that you've done and working with Jack Canfield and like all the platforms that, um, you know, a huge God has given you to take this work to the
1: world. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'm very clear. I can't take it to the grave with me, which means I need to get busy even more. <laughs> so that, yes. So that um, at a certain point, I when I realized what this was, because it feels more than, more than my creating, it feels like I discovered it, that I discovered powers within us that we weren't using. And so that at a certain point, I, I thought, this has to go out. This is not mine. It's not uh, anything that should be limited to me. It needs to be known because it's in all of us. And so it's just an understanding our gifts. And so at that point it was like, okay, I'm, I'm like, at that point I was probably in my fifties, I'm guessing early fifties. And it's like, you know, I've got to train other people to do this. And my husband said, well, are you sure you can teach this? Isn't it just you? And I said, I don't know. I really don't have a clue. And so the only way to find out is to to try. And so I began uh, playing with teaching it and discovered, yes, it is definitely teachable. And when people, uh, the people that learn it, then also grow their own emotional well-being and also their emotional intelligence it just naturally comes with the territory because that's what we're doing we're learning how to work with our own what i call eos emotional operating system in a way that we have uh, tools we have skills and we have a self um a client generated process that's actually very simple it's so simple that people think oh this can't be you know it's really non-clinical and so you don't have to be a therapist to learn it which is remarkable because in fact that leads me to our latest thing is like uh, really teaching teachers and taking it into the schools because it's not realistic to think we can have a therapist there for all that's going on in the schools it just is not financially feasible Uh, there's some kids that you know that that 5% Five percent that have mental illness. There's more serious mental illness that definitely we can. They can, you know, we need therapists there. But there's a whole lot of what's going on with kids that does not need a therapy, but it needs something therapeutic. And um, they're, you know, the whole thing is teaching them and their teachers how to deal with really uncomfortable feelings that we think are ugly or uh, that we're not good people anymore if we get angry and it's not good to feel sad, all these things. And so to teach kids actually how to deal with those feelings, because those feelings are natural. You cannot stop those feelings. It's They're coming just as information. Uh, in the same way, like it, it's very analogous to how the body receives information so you know the way you're sitting the position you're sitting you know if it feels good or not when uh it's cold or it's hot you know whether it's safe to go outside without a coat or uh you know you don't go out in the winter time in a bathing suit because it's uncomfortable it would be too uncomfortable and so just like that our emotional operating system is always giving us feelings To bring us information. And when we, if we try to block those because we're afraid of the feelings, then we leave ourselves vulnerable to harm because we're not receiving all the information. But the feelings are just temporary. They just flow through. They're not a permanent thing, you know, because I know people get really worried that if I feel angry, I'll just be all anger. Right. Define myself with anger. Yeah. 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 Instead of it
0: just be something fleeting to honor it. Right. Hug and release.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Move on. And well, before moving on, part of moving on, I guess, with anger, that's so, so important. It's a charge in the body. So if we don't have a release, then our body will suffer. So we have to, you know, allow the discharge of the physical stuff in the body But then once that happens, then to really investigate, well, so what was the trigger here? Because we don't know if there's real danger or not. Anger is like a built-in security alarm, and it lets us know there's potential danger. Either within us, the way we're thinking about things, the way we're acting, or around us with other people, and if we ignore the anger and don't investigate, and we either assume it's always, you know, dangerous or it's never dangerous, then we're going to be getting ourselves into trouble. And so it's really important. I mean, feelings are just amazing friends. In fact, you you gave me that idea one time. It's like I was looking for a, a. title for a book and it's like uh feelings are our friends and i think ultimately that is absolutely the truth and they come and they go but every time they come we gain something uh and if we ignore that if we stop that then we really lose something that is valuable to us so and i know everyone listening is like yes and how do
0: i do this so tell everybody about if they're curious so um I would say that everybody has the opportunity to explore how their inner magician works with your work i would say there's not a person that couldn't benefit if you're curious and you just want if you like to do self-help and you kind of are interested in exploring new things or also if you're going through something that you just want to kind of discharge some of maybe the power it has taken over you because you've let it and you want some tools so tell the common people listening because they're listening from all over the world on boost power podcast um What are the different ways people can learn about you and the RIM method and some of the products that you offer?
1: Well, one of the easiest and the first is the book, uh, Goodbye, Hurt and Pain, Seven Simple Steps to Health, Love and Success, because the book is really set up to be a self-guide to be able to apply this with yourself. And so in the book, it talks, it gives you real life stories, it gives you, um, The science behind why it works and also practices. So, that really has some scripts, even that you can use with yourself, some questions and ways of dipping in. So, and I've had people write and say that some, I mean, it's amazing, even from just uh, using the book, they have had amazing healings from things like even abuse. Now, sometimes people who've had trauma want to do sessions. And so, uh, beyond the, the book, you can have an individual session. There's a directory of certified practitioners on the website, GoodbyeHurtAndPain.com. And so in that way, then if you want somebody to walk you through a process like you and I did, then that's very available. And you can do it easily over the phone or Zoom. So it's not limited to you have to be somebody in your neighborhood. Uh, kind of a thing. And, and then on the website there's also lots of um, free tools that you can download, REM processes, you can download a quiz to see if your emotional operating system is turned on, all of that kind of thing. And if you're interested, you know what happens? sometimes people have these amazing healings and then they want to learn how to do it for others. And so then there are the programs uh, that are training programs. And tell everyone what that website is. Yes, goodbye com. Awesome.
0: Goodbye, hurtandpain.com. This is Dr. Deb Sandella. She's not only the author of that book, she is the founder of the entire RIM movement, which is now training people that are all over the world. I know this about you. And so she is making the earth a better place and giving us all tools that we can befriend our emotions and understand the magic within us and harness the power of our imagination. And I can just tell you it's life affirming and life changing in such a good way. To work with not only Dr. Deb, but her amazing trained practitioners. So uh, I have watched you for, gosh, 15 years and enjoyed celebrating with you and seeing you continue to grow of service in the national. In international spotlight and i enjoy our walks and luckily (laughs) dr deb is here in denver colorado so i get to actually see her um okay now if we were in person you would draw from the dream big Live big deck to just see when your last question is but i'm gonna have to have you trust me and you're gonna see it before me and yours is stay wild list the things (laughs) you are wild about of course you got stay wild um, my one of my favorite girls. So, Deb, what are you wild about right now in your young years of your <laughs> 70s, which I was saying, uh, I, I want to be you and I'm not that far behind you. <laughs> Just. Yeah. OK. Ten years. So. OK. So
1: what are you wild about? You know, I am really wild about staying uh, silly. Uh, you know, childlike silliness uh, and having fun, no matter how serious, particularly because I do some very serious work or work with serious issues at times with clients. And it. I've even heard people say that REM feels almost whimsical at times because you're using imagination and body awareness. And I think that In the end, we're retrieving that. That's what I'm very wild about: is keeping that childlike joy a part of all of our lives, regardless of our age or who we are, or what we're doing or what we're, what we're facing. Really, that it you know to be able to have fun and make fun of ourselves or of the of the situation to take it. there's that lightheartedness that can return. And I don't want to negate the heaviness because when you're feeling heavy, you're feeling heavy and that's fine. You just let it happen. However, if we stay with it, it's like digging, you know, digging, you used to hear this. I heard this when I was a kid, you're digging your way to China. Well, it's like uh, in when there's a heaviness and we go into it, we dig our way back to the childlike joy that is the practice. And that's what I've experienced. That's what I see people around me uh, being able to do. And so thank you for that question. I'm so glad you drew the perfect question for me. See, (laughs)
0: it's not me. It was all bigger than me. But uh, it it is so fun to see you in person. But it is so wonderful. We can do this on Zoom. Uh, Thank you so much for being our guest today. You've been listening to Boost Power Podcast. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So we always believe that there's a reason you were drawn to this podcast and this time to Dr. Deb Sandella with all of her work in the world to, you know, to maybe explore if the RIM method of of kind of self-discovery and playfulness and energy and unlocking your own ability to live that great life, maybe that is what you were sent here to do. So please take a look at her website, her products, just know they become highly recommended. And please share this podcast with others who can benefit from uplifting energy, meeting amazing women, playfulness, silliness, and big ideas because you've surely heard about them today. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast podcast subscription service. And also you can check us out at campexperience.com backslash Boost Power Podcast to see all of our seasons of service with amazing women. I am your host, Betsy Wiersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.